1: Wolverhampton Wanderers, notable transfers in on the left there of your screen. Plenty have gone out on the right. They've made some money off the likes of Diego Jota, Helder Costa and Matt Doherty. At least a couple of those were first-team players last season under Nuno Espirito Santo. And Tim Howard, they were slow starters last season. They've started slowly again this season as well. Do you think that they can duplicate their success from last year?
2: I think it'll be difficult. Look, I, Jota's a loss. Doherty's a big loss. They They are clearly top, top players. The replacements, whether they come good or not, I'm not sure. But they—they they remind me a lot of Leicester in, in terms of they—they they hit such high heights last year mm. that I really believe this this club is a club that's meant to be around mid-table and push maybe for a domestic cup or try and get into Euro, uh, a European spot. Yeah. But it's very difficult for them. Good manager, top top manager, Nuno, um, and and this team is built around who he is. You can see you can see the passion, but I'm just not sure this is the season for them to replicate what they did last year.
1: Are they, are they the same team that came up? How, how are they mm. evolving under Nuno? It's
3: really interesting. So they've had two seven finishes, Rebecca, which has been outstanding. and been in European football as well and continue to play them games and not moan about it. And it was interesting that Nuno let Doherty and Jota, Jota, two players who have been quite integral to the way they played, he let them go. Semedo's come in from Barcelona, think he'll be a good player. And there's playing now, and Pedro, who he feels are better suited. What he did say, and I read a few things which have been quite interesting, that Nuno says, I want to stop being so counter-attack. I want to get hold of the ball more. I want to change the way we play, which is brave to say, and also a little bit of a gamble when he's brought a team up that played a certain way, he's finished seventh twice in the league, Mm. but I think he feels that we're always sitting back and letting the opposition have the ball and breaking. He wants to now have more possession.
1: But why, though, Robbie? Because if it's worked for two years and they finished seventh, why would you want to change Because I that? think
3: there's a, there's a feeling that after a certain while, players can be like, oh, here we go again, just sitting back and defend." Whereas if you have the ball and keep the ball, it's, like a diff- it's a different approach. You play a little bit differently and create more chances. We've seen someone like Brighton see the change from, from where they've gone with, with, with Graham Potter. It's that kind of thing I think he's looking to do. It's just will the players adapt mm. to it.
1: And what about that adaptation? For a set of players who've had it drilled into them for mm. so long to play one way, how quickly can you readapt to a new style, Tim? Well,
2: you, you can as long as a manager and you believe in the manager, you can adapt because mm. you believe what he's saying and you trust him. and look. Podence and Neto and Jimenez and Triori. These are still good players. Yeah, yeah. They've lost a few, but they still have firepower, enough mm-hmm. to certainly not only keep them in the division, but in the top half of the division.
1: OK, and Raul Jimenez as well. Crucial that he did mm. sign a new deal over the last couple of days. Right, Sheffield United. Last season, they really were the story, weren't they, other than Liverpool, mm. of the season. They needed a striker. They did spend a lot of money, $30.5 million, on a young player, Rian Brewster, from Liverpool. He's come, well, there's a, there's a three-year contingency to this because Liverpool can actually have an option to buy him back over the course of the next three years. And if they do sell him on at any point, they get a 15% sell on. So Liverpool very cleverly, Robbie L, have protected um, their sale of Ryan Brewster, a player who is impressed when he's played on loan at Swansea, mm. when he's played in the England youth setups. It's an interesting acquisition for Sheffield United. Will he fit into Chris Wilder's way of playing?
3: That is a big question. By the way, great business by Liverpool. <laughs> mm. You pay me £23.5 If he comes good, I get the chance to get him back. And if not, I'll get a sell-on yeah. sell as well. I mean, all ends covered great business. But Sheffield United needed a, a forward. Six goals, at least must say. Six goals, only McBurney, t- uh, joint top scorers. There's never going to be enough it to, mm. to push you on in, in the Premier League. And they've had a difficult start, Sheffield United. No wins in the first four now. Now, Ryan, Ryan Brewster, Ryan Brewster, scores goals. I think it was 11 in 22 for Swansea in, in, in the Championship. He's a young, young man with a lot of talent. Can he turn that talent into regular goals in the Premier League? Is a gamble. I don't know. I'm hoping so for Sheffield United's point of view, but it is a gamble because he's got no proven Premier League record.
1: But doesn't a club like Sheffield United quite simply have to take a gamble? They cannot afford to buy a a tried and tested centre-forward that's going to get them 25 goals. They haven't got the money for that. So they've got to think, okay, calculated gamble. Mm. We've got to give it a go and hope it pays off. They
2: have to wheel and deal and bargain anywhere they can. And Brewster, I think, as you said, 11-22 and at at last season in the championship. He'll he'll get goals. Ali Burke, I think, is is some good business. But he's not going to be a world beater. Um, You know, I look at Ramsdale and goal and I think, is that an upgrade to Henderson? It's not. He's yeah, a good goalkeeper, yeah. but it's not an upgrade. Yeah, yeah. And speaking to Phil Jagielka, a former teammate of mine who's who's at Sheffield United, he just said, we're not going to do a ton of business, and we're going to try and go again mm. on team spirit. Mm. And and that's why I think they will be in free fall this year. I think they will fall the furthest of any team because they played so well last year. Yeah. And I think a, a large part of that was down to their manager, yeah. who's a very good manager, mm. but they had a belief, and it was this – you know, it's that, it's that new season. Where yeah, the second season syndrome. It feels great. You know, yeah,
3: every game's a big game, isn't it?
2: And this year, to go again, they'll know yeah. the effort they had to put in last year and think, not sure we can do that again.
1: Do you have any concerns about relegation I based do. on what you've seen?
3: Big time, yeah, absolutely. Do you? No, I don't. I think Chris Wilder, the way he works, the group of players, I think there's enough there if Brewster can, can find himself a mm. couple of goals. I think there's enough there just to be up
1: OK. Brighton Hove Albion done nothing today. They haven't actually done a huge amount in terms of money or number of players over the course of this transfer window. Tim Howard, when you look at the way they've been playing so far this season, they have had a lot of bad luck, haven't they? Yeah. But on the whole, this club very much seems on the pitch and off the pitch to be going in the right direction. Would you agree?
2: Yeah, they are. I think they're going to be safe. I think they'll win a few games. Mm. They'll be, you know, almost get a chance and play really well at Chelsea, but not quite. I think that's what they'll do, and that'll be enough to keep them safe. I think Lamptey has been absolutely sensational and it has been great business. I think Mope is just a guy who is going to carry the burden for them down the spine. They're strong with dunk and goalkeeper is solid. So there's enough here that they don't have to really worry. And I know that sounds a bit unflattering, but for a mm. club that their size to be able to know that they're going to stay in the Premier League? OK, have to get the results. That's still a big deal.
1: He comes across as such a nice man, Graham Potter. Mm-hmm. And you look at, as you said earlier on, a lot of teams become very much in the reflection of their manager. Neil Mopé is interesting, because not only is he really talented as a striker, I know you like him, he has an edge, though, doesn't he? He can be a bit cheeky at <laughs> yeah. times, and that gives Brighton an edge, which I think you need, do you not, in the Premier League?
2: You have Well, you have to have an edge. You have to have players who, who believe that they can compete in the Premier League. And so whether... Whether you think he's a top striker or not, or they be- you believe at home mm-hmm. that this is a-, a superstar, they believe in him. And, and look, Grant Potter is clearly, he's got a good football brain. He knows his tactics. I think the part about being a good coach is not knowing it, but can you convey that onto your players that the light bulbs go off? And I think you see with his players, there's a lot of light bulbs going off. So... I'm happy for them that I think they're going to have a good season.
1: Graham Potter feels very understated. I feel like he goes under the radar. As we Mm. said, he seems like a nice man. You'd want him to be representing your football club. Mm. You and Robbie Musto, huge fans.
3: Yes, Um, and I haven't said anything crazy for the last few minutes. So, (laughs) Potter is the new potch. Graham Potter is a coach who develops football players. And he said a brilliant thing that I heard him last week in the press conference with Rebecca. He says, when you haven't got cash you have to coach. And I thought, you know what, mm. that's spot on. He said, I have to coach my players to be better because I can't go out and buy what Chelsea can do and, and Manchester City can do. And he does make Mopey's better, Trossard's better. Duncan and Duffy, when they were there, were better. I just like the way he works. I think they're in safe hands. And I think he is a guy with a bright future who one day could be managed of the top six team.
1: Wow. Graham Potter is a new potch one day could be manager of a top six team. Brighton fans loving you across the United States right now. (laughs) Not only have we done Cavani as melon, we've done Pochettino. (laughs) Uh, Well, Graham Potter is a new (laughs) Pochettino. So, parte is done, according to Atletico Madrid. Let's just keep rounding up after we've heard then from our friends at Sky what's been going on. Edson Cavani has joined Manchester United as a free agent. That was confirmed about an hour or so ago. This is an interesting one. 18-year-old teenager... Amadialo, coming to Manchester United, but not till January, but they've agreed a fee of up to $48 million, subject to medical, subject to work permit with Atalanta, the Italian Serie A club. Walcott, Theo Walcott, has left Everton and joined Southampton on loan. That is done. Rafinha has joined Leeds United from Rennes for an undisclosed fee. That is done. And as you just heard there from Jim White and from Harry Redknapp, Thomas Partey from Atletico Madrid has joined Arsenal. Now, you heard there, Darmesh. Chef, the Sky Sports News reporter talking about this deal sheet. I just want to reiterate what he said there so we all understand that things could still yet happen so you can't switch off. If a club has agreed a deal late on in the window, they can submit what's called a deal sheet to the Premier League to buy them a little bit more time to submit the necessary paperwork. The deal sheet needed to arrive fully completed, this piece of paper, before the transfer window closed what, four minutes ago. So once that sheet arrived, clubs then have until 8pm Eastern to submit the full paperwork. So it's just kind of, we're going to do the deal. Here's the sheet that says we're going to do the deal. Just give us a few more hours, a couple more hours to actually get that over the line, which means we could still hear mm. some deals coming through to us chaps here on our show or on air. Don't forget till 7pm Eastern today. Right, gentlemen, looking at everything that has happened yeah. so far, just today, Robiel, today, Today, what's your headline?
3: Um Thomas Partey, Rebecca, is... A massive bit of business for, for Arsenal. I'm not, I'm, I hope I'm not overselling this guy. I'm not overselling what it could be. But we might look back in a couple of years and go, remember they got him late in the transfer window and that was the start of this team moving forward. I just think that that's huge. I have to go to Manchester United and have to say it feels again like a wasted opportunity, that there was a window, that there was a chance to close a gap and it didn't happen. And... Just on, and, and I know we're going to talk about the team, other, the other headline for me was is Aston Villa. Mm. What a difference a point makes. They stayed up in this league through one point, so they didn't go down to the Championship, where they'd have had to sell all the stars. They're bringing in good players, they're unbeaten at the start of the season, and they've used a transfer window to almost make a step where you just feel now that will be okay this season. Well,
1: Aston Villa is our next club and we are going to get to them and talk more detail about Dean Smith's men in just a moment. T- Tim, before I come to you, Lucas Torreira has left Arsenal on loan for the season. He's gone to Atletico Madrid. So that evolution that we talked about mm-hmm. under Mikel Arteta, the getting out and the getting in and the shaping it under Arteta is certainly happening. Torreira has left the club on a season-long loan to Atletico Madrid. Tim, looking at everything from your perspective, are you are you in the party party? <laughs> I like that.
2: I, yeah, I am. Should I did. He's, he's a... He's a top player, I, I, we talk about his pedigree and mm. having having played at Atletico Madrid under Simeone, he's got the steel. he's got the commitment, mm. the, he has everything you're go, Mikel Arteta's going to want. He yeah. probably sees that in, in himself as well. Um, for me, when I think about headlines, I think about the Manchester United fans. Uh, they must have been thinking something big will happen today. Mm. It must. It must. We've been talking about it. Everyone around the league is talking about Man United. It has to happen today. Mm. The only thing that really happened today is seriously for them is Edison Cavani. That that can't possibly be the hope for mm-hmm. Manchester United. I think it's as as you mentioned a couple of times Robbie, it's a lost opportunity. Like it, this this now then has to go on another 6 yeah. months, a little bit less. I don't see it for them.
1: Alex Telles doesn't float your boat?
2: Uh, yeah, I think he's a better he's a better left back than Luke Shaw, absolutely. I'm not sure that when we on, on the balance of yesterday that that's going to be the the, the signing that everyone jumps out of their seat for.
1: The reports are Cavani is going to be earning between £200,000 and £250,000 a week, which is around $300,000, 350000 a week on a yeah. one-year deal with low, uh, with an option of a further deal. <laughs>
3: nice work if you can get it. <laughs> yeah, I suppose from Manchester United's point of view and maybe uh, Manchester United fans' point of view, is you could think of Ibrahimovic, Iber... 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 who mm-hmm. came in, similar time, similar mm-hmm. money, was important to the club, won the Europa League and and, and all that with them. So there's maybe a comparison there. They can say, well, that worked out for us, but this feels a little different.
1: Can he be on the bench for that money? Do you think he can? I mean, Ibrahimovic was. Do you think he can?
3: Not really, because you you spend that money and you bring him in. I'm just wondering if he plays central, Martial maybe goes to the right, and Greenwood is the one who might just start not seeing enough. And, and, And it'll be a shame for Greenwood, because we want to see his development through playing games. I mean, yeah, I think you have to play him
2: for that kind of money. I'm not sure you can sign him on a one-year deal, sit him on the bench, and he just collects that money. Surely they, they must be thinking he is going to start for us. Not sure it makes him a whole lot better.
1: Okay, Let's talk Aston Villa. Robbie mentioned them. He's been impressed with their window. You can't fail to be impressed, let's be honest. Oli Watkins, who we saw, scored a hat-trick in 39 minutes against Liverpool. Those were his first Premier League goals. He came in for 43 million from Brentford. Emiliano Martinez from Arsenal for up to 26 million. Bertrand Troyore up to 24 million. Matty Cash from Nottingham Forest, 21 million. Ross Barkley made his debut at the weekend as well against Liverpool on loan from Chelsea. On the right of the players that have gone out, they haven't sold anybody. They've spent a lot of money, Robbie Earle, again. Yeah. yeah. This recruitment yeah. really feels different, doesn't it, from last summer's T- recruitment. And they did change yeah. the director of football.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, most of the players that came in last season are the players who are on the out list now who, who hasn't worked. But what they've done this year has been outstanding. First of all, when you... When you Take Ross Barkley from Chelsea Football Club on a season long loan. That means you must be at a level that Barkley feels he can come and, and give him a platform to show his abilities. That's a great sign. Ollie Watkins is, is, a, is a striker we've talked about because we know he, he played for Brentford in, in, in London. People were talking about him. He's took the risk. Dean Smith knew him, had him as a Brentford player. Hat trick against Liverpool, he's off and running. Matty Cash, by the way, the fullback from Nottingham Forest, is a sneaky little pickup, good player. And what Dean Smith has done is he knows the championship. Remember, he was there for a couple of years. So he's spotted one or two players, bought them in, and now with a goalkeeper who makes them completely better, I just feel like this football club has taken, in a short space of time, a real big step up. Yeah. Like, he now deserves to be in the Premier League. They feel they're part of the mm. Premier League.
1: Real evidence that there are deals to be done from the Championship. And don't forget that the Premier League and the Championship mm. can still make deals together back and forth until October the 16th. So they actually have a little bit longer, nine more days, or is that 11 more days? Anyway, mm. it's about 11 more days. Yeah. Um, that They can still do business. Today's transfer window is just for the international transfers. Mm. Ross Barkley, mm-hmm. talk to me about that bit mm. of business. Robbie L yeah. just mentioned it there.
2: Well... Ross has ambitions to play in the Euros, right, this summer. So he wanted to move from a club Mm. in Chelsea, which is a a massive club, Mm. to a place, as you said, where he thinks he can thrive. And just this snapshot of yesterday, I know everyone's going to get carried away because Mm. of the score against Liverpool, but the snapshot of Ross Barkley and Grealish just playing tippy-tap all around the pitch, it was like they were on the training ground. There's an enjoyment to this. Mm. By the way, Jack Grealish, I don't care what anyone says, that's the best, one of the best bit of signings all around the Premier League. He's a, he's a new signing yeah, for them. Yeah. Ollie Watkins, 43 million. You yeah. know how much that is for a young man to shoulder? Like that, he doesn't mm. score goals. That starts to weigh yeah. him down all of a yeah. sudden. Hat trick against Liverpool first half, off and running. And the best part, you, you even mentioned that Martinez might have been the best goalkeeper at Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. So they've done, a, they've done a worldly of a deal. The thing I love about it, they stayed up by one point last season. Mm on the balance that they have 9 points already this season done yeah. relegation's done in dust it's not even it's not even going to creep in to their, to their psyche. They're just on the up and up. It's absolutely brilliant.
1: It is good, and it's a breath of fresh air, mm. and it's fun mm. to talk about another club yeah. in a different way, the way we yeah. talked about them from last season. And Dean Smith mm. is a manager. We know he's a Villa fan. Yeah. We know yeah. his history with this mm. club. What he did yesterday against Liverpool, not yeah. many have done. Do you think he's also taken a step up? You just said the club have. Has yeah. Dean Smith?
3: Absolutely, and he was shouldering the burden of things not going well last season. We also have to remember that his father passed away through COVID, mm-hmm. and he had that all to deal with. He concentrated. And when we, we got to the lockdown, apparently there were Zoom conference calls with his players talking about defending, talking about responsibility, talking about how important it was to stay in the league. They did. They defended better. And you, as you've said, Rebecca, he de- deserves a lot of credit because he had a game plan against Liverpool mm. about winning the ball in transition, playing quickly through their high press and getting in behind. And they absolutely destroyed Liverpool. As bad as Liverpool were, Aston Villa got to take a lot of credit.
1: Okay, we have to move on, gentlemen. Just before we do get to Newcastle United, Brian Swanson, the chief reporter at Sky Sports News, who we spoke to a little bit earlier on, has told us uh, that there are four deal sheets lodged with the Premier League. Four deal sheets are in. So we await. (laughs) Who knows what they are? Mm -hmm. We await um, those deal sheets and the news of which transfers they are uh, shortly. Perhaps we'll have to redo the whole show if there's some big (laughs) news. We shall see. Let's uh, talk Newcastle United, though, shall we? Because they've also had an interesting, and they've spent money, interesting transfer window. Callum Wilson, Jamal Lewis with the money, Ryan Fraser, Mark Gillespie, the goalkeeper, and then Jeff Hendrick in on a free um, from Burnley. And, Tim, where is this club going? Because... The fans get frustrated when no money is spent. Mm. Then money is spent. The fans are still frustrated that Steve Bruce is the manager. The fans seem frustrated perennially. Yeah. Where do you think under under Steve Bruce, Newcastle United are going?
2: Well, let's 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 start here. The reason they're frustrated is Newcastle is a massive football club. But is it? But club. is it? It is. It is. Traditionally, it is, tradi- it, it, traditionally, it is it, with the fan base. You drive up to Newcastle. Mm. It's foggy. You see. St. James' Park at yeah, the top yeah, of the hill. Yeah, yeah. All you see is mm. people in black and white kits. Most <laughs> of the tops are off. In the- <laughs> yeah. It is a massive yeah, football yeah. club, or certainly yeah. once was, but the fans still feel that. They don't love the owner, Mike Ashley, although fair play to him because he mm. spent the money mm. in this transfer window. Steve Bruce is going to get a bad rap because they want to play the attractive football, mm. be the old-style, expansive, mm. the, the best-looking team in, yeah. in Britain. That's never going to be Steve Bruce But he does organize his teams. He gets them to understand how to play the football, and he wins. He does win. And so I don't think he's the fan's choice, but the way they've been going this season, they look pretty good.
1: I'm playing devil's advocate. I know Newcastle are a huge club. It's just that we do say it so often, and we we just wait. Are we now closer to seeing them be the big club that we know they are, or are we further away based on who they've brought in and who the manager is? We're closer
3: is. to another step, I think. Money was spent, $46 million, brought in some real solid citizens, good business with, with the freeze that they got as well. It's really interesting because Steve Bruce this weekend, back made a big change. He went to a back four, four midfield, and changed a little bit the way they played against a Burnley team who were, were going direct. Now, that is where progression's going to come. That's where they're going to get better. And he said after the game, the uh, reporter said, oh, you must be pleased, Stephen, there's always noise around Newcastle in the way you play. And he said, this club always has noise. There's three clubs with noise Mm -hmm. for me. Chelsea... Newcastle and West Ham. Whatever you do, there's always going to be noise.
1: Okay, I have some news. This could be one of the four deal sheets. We don't know that yet. But Everton have signed a goalkeeper, Tim Howard. They have signed Robin Olsen from Roma. Now, the reporting of this on social media is that he is not coming in to be a direct competitor to Jordan Pickford because he's not at that standard. Mm. However, they've signed a goalkeeper Mm. in the very last minute of the transfer window. Evaluate that.
2: Yeah. It worries me... Jordan Pickford, here, here's why. Carlo Ancelotti's ties to Italian football mm. run deep. Mm. He will know the league inside and out. Yeah. He will have his people yeah. in all different corners. Mm. And if he feels that Olson is just someone who's steady Eddie, can come in, mm. can steer the ship from the back, yeah. that could be a problem for Jordan Pickford. Do I think he's better than Jordan Pickford? No, I of course I don't. Mm. But it's not my opinion that matters. It's Carlo Ancelotti's. Yeah. And if he yeah. thinks yeah. that this is the guy who's just... He's not going to make the mistake. He might not make the brilliant saves all the time, but he's not going to make the mistakes, and we have enough firepower going forward, then I worry for Jordan.
1: If you're Pitford, you're thinking, what, tonight? You're just about to go to bed, and that happens.
3: Mm.
2: Uh, Thanks. I'm (laughs) I'm,
1: I'm
3: getting the bottle of red wine. I'm, I'm having a big one because I'm thinking, oops... I mean, why do this business that late? Why be in the, in the last throes of business? If, you, if I'm getting a guy just to be his number two, just to be behind him, I don't get... I, I'm not buying that. So you're thinking he's moment. going straight in? I'm not saying he's going straight but, in, no. Okay. I'm saying he's bought a goalkeeper who, if Jordan Pickford continues to make mistakes, yeah. if Jordan Pickford continues to undermine this football club, he will make a change. Yeah. And, I think, and I think that's the ploy. Mm. He
2: goes to bed tonight and goes, mm. oh, yeah. Okay. What he, need, he needs, what he needs, well. no, he needs. Yeah. And, and, th- and now, and what I've been saying is, just tighten it up. Mm. Stop taking so many risks. Mm. And that might be the one to go. All right, okay, maybe I need to tighten things up because yeah. if not, mm. this guy might play. And it, it, it's it's a shot across the bow. Yeah. It's late Absolutely. on. It's an a, yeah. it's a goalkeeper from an Italian club.
3: Mm. I think they're.
1: It's yeah. man management. This is man management yeah, at play yes. because yeah. he needs. Correct. He, he doesn't maybe want to replace him immediately, no, but right, he, wants, he to wants to just g- no. yeah. give him a warning. Yep.
3: The WhatsApp will be going crazy, I tell you. <laughs> the players will be all on. Oh, Picky's in trouble.
1: <laughs> oh, God, that must be horrible. <laughs> Poor Jordan Pickford. Southampton ins and outs. Today they've brought back Theo Walcott. Nearly 15 years ago he left for Arsenal. He then went to Everton and he is back where it all began at Southampton. Other than that they spent a little bit of money but other than Kyle Walker-Peters the other players haven't really yet made a huge amount of difference in Southampton's season. Just before we talk Southampton I should tell you that Thomas Partey deal is done. Arsenal have announced it $59 million was the get-out clause and they triggered that from Atletico Madrid on a long-term deal. So Thomas Partey is In at the Emirates. Um, Robbie Earl, mm. Southampton, the business they've done, um, it doesn't strike you no. from looking at that as as good as other clubs, correct?
3: Correct. doesn't feel like they've made a big step forward. Um, they were struggling at one point in the league and Danny Ings' goals got them way out, out of trouble. We talk about reliance on forwards and, and, and we talked about maybe Vardy at Leicester. There's such a reliance on him at this football club that, you know, you would... Hate to see what would happen if he he was injured. The Theo Walcott thing, going back, feels a bit nostalgic to mm-hmm. me, like mm, it's, you know, Theo going back to where he started in the club, but I'm not sure, when I talk about fire in the belly and what he's going to bring to the football club, it's going to be interesting to see what his productivity is about.
2: Yeah, I think that when I talked about Gareth Bale going home and mm-hmm. sometimes it's difficult, this is difficult. Mm. I think we've seen what Theo Wal- Walcott is from the, his time at Everton. Yeah. This is, this is nostalgic. It's Feels good for the club, but when you look at the list of going out versus
3: coming in, yeah. the list is long. And I would you like Theo to have gone somewhere where it was more challenging? Where I don't think he wants I that.
2: Don't think he wants it. I mean, home, home then, is where he wants I, to
3: be. And so is that why for Southampton it's not great business? Yeah, they're, they're selling club, and and this is what they get after. Mm.
1: Oh, poor Osama fans. Sorry, sorry, Shane. That's okay. Uh, Crystal Crystal Palace, let's move on to the Eagles. They've been very quiet today. Much of the Palace fans' delight, certainly in terms of Wilfred Zaha, because he has stayed. He hasn't gone anywhere. They've brought in three players over the course of this transfer window, but there hasn't been a lot of movement generally. Uh, How are you feeling, Tim Howard, about the Eagles? They started well. They've had a couple of defeats. How are you feeling about them, their business, and the way things are going?
2: They've... They'll be fine. I think they they started out really really well. Um, Palace, for me, is gonna is going to be exactly what you think they are. They're gonna win. They're gonna win a bunch of games. They're gonna lose some to the bigger clubs, but their manager Roy Hodgson is. We we know his pedigree. He's steady as they come. Obviously, again, talk about business coming in. The fact that they were able to keep hold of Zaha was the best piece of business. Did
1: it look like they were ever going to lose him? Do you think?
2: No, but there was a lot of noise, right? He wanted mm-hmm. to go. He mm-hmm. puts a transfer request in. He just talks a lot. And then he, I, I questioned him a couple mm-hmm. weeks back on the show. Is, is, his, is his head turned? Is he going to want to go to a beer club? And he's, he's hit the ground running. There's no noise,
3: noise that doesn't help as well around the football mm-hmm. club. But what's interesting with Palace, and where I see it a little bit different in the back of Roy Hodgson's done a brilliant job at this football club almost minus a centre-forward. Jordan Ayews did a great job. I think he got nine Premier League goals top scorer last season, but they've, they've never really had anybody... Mm. You know, Benteke hasn't worked. Was it Solot? They had, and Ayews has been in there. Zohar's done well to start. But with Eze and Batuai, there's now a little bit of, of, of choice, of options, of difference, of different ways of breaking teams down. And at the moment, Eze and Batuai have been on the bench that they've started the season so well. So I just think Roy's got a little bit more in his hand to play now. He'll get the back. For right, he'll get the midfield right, and now he's got some strikers who might score goals.
1: OK, well, it's been quiet for Palace, but it's been even quieter, you have to say, for Burnley Football Club and Sean Dyche. Despite hit Sean Dyche's pleas for players, any players, just give me some players, has basically been his message over the past probably nine months, I would say, all that's come in is a goalkeeper and Dale Stevens for a million dollars from Brighton. I know that you're concerned about Burnley this season, but now, mm. when you've seen Sean Dutch be so yeah. public, he was public yeah. at the weekend, mm. we need players, We ju- I need help. Now that he's had nothing and no reinforcements yeah. and no backing, do you think this might take a slightly different direction now? Yeah.
3: Worried. Really, really worried. And I'm a Sean Dyche fan and I like the way he sets his teams up, I like the spirit and, and the the organization with, with what they do. But when Dale Stevens for one million dollars becomes your big signing, I mean mm. I dare to say would they sell ten Dale Stevens shirts in the club shop? Mm. I mean that's where we're at, Rebecca. And and this is a team that need a few additions, that need a little bit of help. They've had a bad start to the season, the breaks come, maybe they can refresh and come again. But it it looks a little bit bleak for Burnley.
1: Tim, can you blame the board? They don't have a big budget. They're a pretty small club in the Premier League. Mm. If they can't afford to spend money, they can't afford to spend money. True.
2: But I do blame them in the sense that the other side of not spending is leaving the Premier League, and they don't want that. Mm. That's bad. Mm. And the fact Sean Dyke and Sean Dyche we trust, Mm. he's done so well by that football club. Surely... Surely, you invest in him and and the club just to get him over the line so that you don't
3: get relegated. Well, it's going to be tough to
1: motivate. I also you
3: know. look as well. Championship, go to championship. Find one or two there, yeah. loan one or two, Rebecca. Just freshen the whole thing up. Mm-hmm.
1: OK, could be a long, hard struggle for Burnley this season. They haven't got a win yet on the board. Let's talk West Ham United next. David Moyes is the manager. He'll be returning to training. He's been self-isolating after testing positive with COVID-19. They've brought in a couple of players. Suchek was there on loan, made permanent in the summer. Uh, Vladimir Sufal, who played at the weekend, had a very good debut, $6.5 million from uh, Sparta Prague, I think it was, um, that he came in from. West Ham United, do you think, Tim, that this team can... It looks like, from the outsider, that it's adapting to a David Moyes style. The likes of Lanzini, Felipe Anderson, they're all on the bench now. Yeah. And it seems to me the workers, mm. the real David Moyes players, mm. are what's creating the success that we've seen in the last two games, the wins over Walton yep. Leicester. Is that David Moyes moulding this team into a David Moyes team?
2: Correct. It, the, all of the players that were brought in that are now on the bench before, yeah. before David Moyes was there, mm. they're all just the attacking style flair footballers Mm. and David Moyes system. You got to be able to roll your sleeves up, Mm. run back, do the dirty work. Mm. I'm happy for them. This reminds me of a little bit of Aston Villa, not because of the Claret and Blue, but because they've had a pretty good start to the season where normally this is a clubby thing towards the back end of May. We're going to have to worry about relegation. They won't now. They're starting to find their feet and understand what David Moyes. Mm. And I'm happy for that because. I'm just not sure, as an ownership group, why you would bring David Moyes in for a second time mm. and not back him. That yes, just seems silly yes. to me. So it looks mm. like they're starting to get
3: on the right track. Your thoughts? I mean, it wasn't great business done, but mm. uh, Suchek re-signing was. Sufal looks like a good player.
1: Uh, he was from Slavia Prague, not Sparta Prague, Prague. Prague, my bad. Yeah, yep.
3: Was brought in and looks like a solid player. Mm-hmm. Then you, you put Rice in after him. They kept Declan Rice. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's been big. Jared Bowen, who they signed from Hull, is getting better. Looks more like you know Premier League player. Mikel Antonio's a, a human wrecking ball up front. You just put him where, where you want. And, and as Tim says, there's more workers, there's more David Moyes-type players. in Now, it's not the West Ham way, and I think that's not a bad thing because the West Ham way has not been that successful so far. Now, what this club has to do is back David Moyes to go buy some... Better versions of his players. Yeah. That's how they're going to get better. That's how they're going to go on. Not going to find a flair player who's going to come in and flick and, and upset the balance. Go and get better David Moyes-type players and give the guy a chance.
1: It's a hard question. Why do you think David Moyes failed at the clubs that he was at since leaving Everton up to now?
3: I just
2: wonder if if he didn't get the backing. You know,
1: Financially? Um, no, just in support in
2: regards to... You bring David Moyes into Manchester United... You've had a chance to watch David Moyes for 11 years at Everton. What did you think you were getting? You are getting David Moyes. So you needed more time. And if that's, not, if that's not the person you wanted, no problem. But this looks like it's a good fit the second time around.
1: Yeah, certainly does. Alan Irvine's done a good job as well uh, filling the void while David Moyes has been at home. Two wins against Wolves and Leicester. Big wins as well, 4-0 and 3-0. Leeds United <laughs> on the right-hand side. They haven't got a lot of players going anywhere. These are notable ins and outs, we should say. Um, plenty of players have come in. Today, Rafinha, an undisclosed fee, has come in. Um, he's a left winger. Uh, Jack Harrison, of course, at the bottom there for another loan. Three years now, loaned in. Jack Harrison from Manchester City and above him, plenty of other players have already made a difference. Rodrigo, of course, being the most expensive at £36 million, he is already off and running. So, Robbie Earle, we've talked about it with Tim with some other... The clubs, yeah. sort of, we're only four games in, but no worries are going to be fine. Yeah. It's the same with the Leeds, isn't it? No well, worries are going to be fine.
3: Talk about signing, I think it was Bielsa who signed just before the season, his, his usual one-year contract that he goes into. That. I mean, he, he's come with such an identity, a brand, and, and Throughout the years, we've said, wouldn't Leeds be great in, in the Premier League? This is why, because of what they do. And you look at the players who've come in. He buys players to suit his very detailed system. Rafinha, had a look at him. He's a bit Riyad like drifting in and out from the wide place, can, can score. Um, I think it's Diego Llorente he has got a centre-back. No-nonsense, solid, big centre-back. He's going to make them better. They... They will be top ten this, this season. Mm. Absolutely no problem. Top ten in the league.
1: I saw, that was actually going to be my question. Is we've all very, got very excited mm. about it. We have seen them ship some goals at the back, mm. but they can score. Do you see them very much top ten higher?
2: Could be higher. Yeah, definitely top ten. And, and with them shipping goals, like with when you look at some of the other newly promoted teams, yeah, you were they shipping goals. But I think they enjoy these games. You know, they they enjoy the wide open game. Now, Rodrigo for 36 mil, uh, 36 mm-hmm. million, he... He looks It looks a big fee, but he's hit the ground running. I think the goalkeeper, uh, Melier, is really good. Six, six million for a starting goalkeeper. I know he's young, yeah. but for a starting goalkeeper in the Premier League, that's really good Jack Harrison for me. Top player. He, he'll be a top
3: player, and he's only on loan. The only question that BLC teams have had is, every now and then during the season, they run out of gas. There's so mm. much energy and effort that they put in. But in fairness, when you look at the squad, it's quite a bulky squad. It's mm. like he's getting two players from most positions. So I just wonder if that's part of it. Like I said, it's a condensed Premier League season, 38 tough games. Just one of these bulky squad out for that very reason.
1: There are fewer games, though, of course, in the Premier League than they were in the Championship. Yeah, Maybe that will help as well. Mm. But as you saw from that graphic, higher like you said, yeah. h- higher intensity. Mm. And they have got a lot more yeah. players in. Just want to go back to the goalkeeper just quickly. You mentioned him um, 20 years of age. Where is that in a level of maturity? Because I know goalkeepers obviously go on a lot longer. So that is incredibly young for a Premier League goalkeeper. You just don't see that very often, Tim. How good do you have to be to be a 20-year-old Premier League keeper?
2: Well, you know nothing when you're 20 years old as a goalkeeper. I I went at 23 to the Premier League and I was a baby and I was like deer in headlights. He's played well, though. And it's tough. I just said, you're going into a team that, by the way, you don't want to be a goalkeeper on that team. It's going to be wide open. You're going to have to make a ton of saves. He's done, he's done quite well for mm. the first opening couple of weeks.
1: Okay, we'll see how he develops. Let's talk about West Brom and Jalbian. Not a good start for Slavon Bilic's men at all. They haven't done anything today. They've brought in plenty of players on varying amounts. Grady Diangana from West Ham was the most on 24 million. Plenty of others on free on loan or just on a few million as well. And they've let go three players there on the right-hand side of your screen. So Robbie, mm. the baggies. Are we going to see what we see every single time, which is an up down, up, down, Mm. and they're going to
3: go down. Listen, that's the way the football club is built a moment. I have to say, Dean Garner, Pereira and Robinson have come in. I quite like that front three, Rebecca. We've seen a bit of them over the start of the season, and they can cause problems. The worry is, at the other end of the pitch, Ivanovic has come in later in his career, just maybe to bring a bit of presence and experience back there. I just get the sense with West Brom, it's a bit like put your head down, work as hard as you can, let's get to January, and let's see where we are. Let's see, are we intact? Are we close? And maybe go again. Maybe go and buy two or three players who make you better to give yourself a chance of staying in the league.
1: Where do you think they'll be in January?
2: I think they'll be near the bottom. And and, and my worry is, I was, over, I was over at West Brom last year. Uh, I spent some time with Slavin Bilic, watched mm-hmm. him on the training ground. Mm-hmm. He drills his teams and drills his teams, and he gets his compact shapes yeah. tactically. Mm-hmm. And yet, they're conceding a lot of goals. Mm-hmm. And that worries me. The other worry is the investment. They bought. They basically bought two squads worth of players to get themselves out of the championship. Yeah. They get into the Premier League, they get the money, and now the owners don't want to reinvest in the squad. And I just think that worries me. So when you ask about the yo-yo, mm-hmm. it very much feels like that for the hope of the club. I, I hope they stay up, but it's going to be tight.
1: It's interesting you went to watch Bilic work. I know you know him mm-hmm. from your days. Um, as a manager, he can be a bit hot-headed. Are you okay with that?
2: Yeah, again, he I, he he only knows one way. So that's, that's Slavin's way. And he again, he drills in his teams, and they have the belief in him. The worry is if he, if he, if he comes across too hard and, and too bullish and they're not getting the results, does the team turn? I don't think so, but
3: the hope is not.
1: He's already had one red card, <laughs> but we are going to be in for some entertainment at least from Slavin side. That's Village, exactly
3: right. But what I would say, Rebecca, he has to be careful. Emotional control. They're yeah. giving away some silly penalties and some silly goals. Got to make sure that everybody stays concentrated. Clean sheets in, in the Premier League are absolutely key to yeah. staying up.
1: Scott Parker could do with a clean sheet. <laughs> Bottom of the league. Let's look at what Fulham have done. They've done a little bit today. Joachim Anderson, in the Danish International on loan. Um, other than that, they have brought in, just like they did last time, absolutely ton of players. Anderson, by the way, coming in on loan from Lyon. Um, the Parker situation, Tim Howard, mm. we've seen him a little stressed out on the side. Yeah. We've seen some interesting post-match interviews from him and we've seen Tony Khan, the vice chairman, tweet out criticism of his team to which Scott Parker took offence and publicly stated he felt that that was wrong. It it doesn't all smell good, does it, coming out of Craven Cottage?
2: This This doesn't feel right at all. Tony Khan, the vice chairman and apparently director of football, is tweeting out about match results and that they should be better and upcoming transfers. And Scott Parker as having a go back at him publicly. Mm. That's all well and good if you're winning football matches. They're leaking goals. They're losing. That worries me. Mm. I look at Burnley and Sean Dyche. Sean Dyche might, might be saying, you know what? I'm, I'm done with this. Mm. I've, done, I've done brilliantly by this club. I'm ready to move on. He can afford that. Mm. Scott Parker can't. Yeah. He's, trying to be a, he's trying to become a Premier League manager with sustainability. He can't go arguing with the vice chairman of the football club yeah. and get
3: sacked just because, one, you're arguing, and two, you're not getting mm. results. Scotty Parker has to take a leaf out of Dean Smith's book. Hmm. Dean Smith last season was, was under it at times. They were giving goals away. He's got to take off his nice shirt and tie in, <laughs> in his blazer. He's got to get his hands dirty, and he's got to drill his team back there. And when I talk about drill, I'm, I'm talking about two, three hours on that training ground working on your yeah. back four, working on your benny. We saw some last week. Players not being trapped back. And back said to me, well, why does that happen? How does it happen? Mm. Because in training, things will happen and you let them go. I would do training drills where I'm man-to-man with Tim Howard. I have to chase him. He has to chase me. If, if he loses me or I score a goal, you, you go in. That's how players learn. That's the kind of discipline you have. If you go to real basics and get it drilled in, drilled in, drilled in, you eventually can get some mm. results. The, the glimmer of hope, though, is yep. that is that yesterday... They were
2: quite good mm. for long stretches spell, because they yeah. changed tactics. They yeah. went to a 5-4-1, mm. very compact, not a lot of space. I don't know if they get goals up the other end, but at yeah. least I'm, I'm trying to give them a small glimmer yeah. of hope. It was,
1: it was better. Well, let me give you a tiny extra glimmer of hope because it wasn't on that graphic because it's not yet mm. done, but Brian Swanson, the chief reporter at Sky Sports News, has let us know that there are, he says, two outstanding deals still to be done um, t- tonight. One of them is Ruben Loftus-Cheek. The other one is also Fulham-related. So they're obviously bringing players in. What do we think of Ruben Loftus-Cheek, just very quickly on loan from Chelsea?
3: I think, it's a, I think it's a massive upgrade for sure. Upgrade, but he's got to stop, you know, proving his value <laughs> at Premier League level week in, week out.
1: OK, well, that deal's not yet done, but we're told that is almost done. Ruben Loftus-Cheek from Chelsea to Fulham. Well, it's the transfer of Edison Cavani that's making the back pages or the front pages of the Daily Telegraph sports section tomorrow. This just into us, Tuesday's paper, the headline, Frantic United Have to Settle for Cavani. We're going to talk about Manchester United before we go off air. One other piece of news to bring you. I said there was one more deal sheet regarding Fulham. One was Loftus-Cheek. The other one, Tosin Adebayo, the Manchester City centre-half on a permanent up to $3 million. He's 23 years old. Fulham have signed Tosin Adebayo from Manchester City to strengthen their ranks as they try to stop the rot effectively. Right. My favourite time (laughs) of the show. Predictions time. Bottom Three gentlemen. Who are your bottom three? Come May, Tim Howard. Your three, please.
2: Fulham, definitely. Burnley, Sheffield United.
1: Who would be bottom? Fulham. When will Fulham be relegated?
2: Early. <laughs> okay, we, not, should not, laugh. we should have laughed. That's not That's not, not, sure no, not. That's, that's not terrible. Terrible. You terrible. You led me into that. 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 I was very
1: terrible. mean, Robbie. Your Fulham, three.
3: West Bromwich Albion, Burnley.
1: OK, so you've both got Fulham and Burnley and you've got Sheffield United mm-hmm. and you've got West Bromwich Albion. Yeah. OK, interesting. After Sheffield United's brilliant season as well mm-hmm. last season. Well, let's have a quick look at the relegation odds, shall we? Powered by Points Bet Sportsbook. No surprise, Fulham. Heavy favourites to be relegated. They're at minus 400, meaning you've got to bet 40 bucks if you just want to win 10. West Brom's second favourites, followed by Burnley and Sheffield United. You're covering everybody here, guys, both of whom are without a point so far. Newcastle, Brighton, West Ham and Crystal Palace are further down the list. Right, top Four In no particular, in no particular order, because we'll get order. to champions in mm. a second. Robbie L, top four in no order?
3: Manchester City. OK. Chelsea. OK. Liverpool. OK. Tottenham Hotspur.
1: So Manchester United and Arsenal miss out on the top four? Correct. OK. Hmm. Tim Howard, mm. n- in no particular order, please. Man City. OK.
2: Everton. What are you laughing at? <laughs> not, I did I, no, I didn't Liverpool. Laugh. Tottenham.
1: OK. Everton. Yeah. Um, how much is that? Is that heart not head?
2: Normally it's heart, mm-hmm. but off the back of this, this season, what we've seen so far, I mean, they go toe to toe with Chelsea. They beat, no Chelsea. No they Chelsea. Beat, Chelsea beat, the they, season, they, I think they beat Chelsea. They, they, I think they'll have a better season.
1: Better season than United. They'll, oh, They'll yeah. have a better oh, season yeah. than Arsenal. Okay. I mean I'm I'm you know I'm being mean, but to be fair, they're top of the league. So 12 points four, out of 12. Four games, though. Four. Okay, let's see what the odds say. I think it's all heart, Tim Howard. It's all heart. Man City, Liverpool, and Chelsea have the best chance of finishing the top four according to points bet. But this is interesting. After the look at this, after the results of the weekend, Arsenal and Tottenham have jumped over Manchester United, who are now plus 200 to finish in the top four, meaning that a ten pound ten dollar sorry bet would win you. $20. Right now, we're talking champions. Right now, considering, Tim, you went City, Everton, Liverpool, Tottenham in your top yeah. four, who out of those four wins the league?
2: Liverpool. They're too far ahead of everyone else.
1: Okay. Mm. Robbie L., you went for Man City, Everton. No, you went for Man City, Man Chelsea, Chelsea, Liverpool, Liverpool and Tottenham, Liverpool, and you're going Tottenham,
3: for. Liverpool to win the title. Back to back title.
1: Interesting. Very interesting indeed. Well, according to points bet, gentlemen, Liverpool are still the title favourites despite that thrashing at Villa Park yesterday. Man City are close behind. Then come Chelsea. And what about this, Tim Howard? Everton, as of today, are the fourth best. They have the fourth best odds to win the title. I mean, maybe you do know what you're talking about. In the last graphic,
2: they were down to to six. Give me a break. (laughs)
1: Carlo <laughs> <laughs> these men sitting top of the Premier League, as we know, on uh, 12 points mm. from 12. Right, gentlemen, we're almost there. Mm. It's been another really interesting transfer yeah. window. Who won the transfer window?
3: Oh, I want to put it another way, Rebecca, that the transfer window can, can almost create an atmosphere and emotion around a club that, that can almost set a tone. I just think of Arsenal now in, in Thomas Partey. Everybody's starting to buy in. I think people realise they've got a serious player. People realise this was uh, the missing piece and they can start to think forward. Whereas, I look at Manchester United and in, in the, the headlines on the, on the papers are shown, Cavani feels like a little bit of a scramble and, and you know, what kind of business is this? Or well, Manchester United... Fans really looking forward to this season.
1: Well, if we haven't had a part time headline, at some point in the next two weeks, something has gone wrong at Arsenal. Right, Manchester United. I want to talk to you about Manchester United. Mm -hmm. We've spent a lot of time today talking about the players. I've just listed who they've bought. A lot of young, young players. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, Mm. the manager of Manchester United. Just imagine that they fired him. Yeah. Would he end up at another big, big club across Europe or in the Premier League? No. Okay. So why is he still the manager of Manchester United? Because... They are one of the biggest clubs in the world. Mm. You said they're the biggest club in the world.
2: Mm. Uh, yeah, it, it's worrying. It's worrying because when you look, at, you look at who they brought in, Cavani used to be a, a mm. world-class player. He's not anymore. And then they've signed a bunch of younger players. And I'm thinking, are they looking towards which would be silly for Man United to look towards the future because it's a win-now win club. But does that future include Ali Gunnar Solskjaer? I'm not 100% sure.
3: You've got a great football legend who's running the football club, not a great football manager. And that's why if he was available to other top six clubs, he wouldn't get the job. Jose Mourinho did something yesterday, Rebecca, and I think one or two papers picked up. He patted Oli Gunnar Solskjaer on the the top of the head after the game. He would not pat another Premier League manager in the same way. That tells you everything about, not the standing, because that would be unfair on Oli, but kind of... He's not seen in in that same light.
1: Do you think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, I mean, Tim mentioned it, has has been the one that's identified these teenagers? I mean, there's something going on there by Mm. all these young That
3: feels like a longer-term decision Mm. for for somebody down the road. And and at some point, you know, somebody's going to have to ask questions at Manchester United. At the start of every season, Manchester United should be thinking about winning titles, Mm. not just hoping to get to the top four.
1: Okay, gentlemen, thank you very much indeed. What an interesting three hours of action that we have brought you. That's just about it for transfer deadline day. Next Saturday, October the 17th, the week Saturday, I should say. How about that? We're back with a bang. Everton against Liverpool. Tim says it has the capability to ruin his weekend. (laughs) Leicester against Villa at 10. Man City against Arsenal is on NBC. That's not a bad game either, is it? Let's be honest, at 12.30. Let's take a little look at what Sunday and Monday look like when we get back to you after this international break. Join us for a two-hour build-up ahead of Crystal Palace against Brighton. It's followed by a London derby. Lots of hate in that one. Tottenham, West Ham. And then Monday, Premier League Live. Leeds United United against Wolverhampton Wanderers from two, it's followed by the Men in Blazers show. So that is just about it from us here in the studio today. We are off next weekend due to the international break but let's face it the premier league news cycle never stops it is a soap opera that keeps on giving make sure you go on peacock where we've got all the latest happenings from around england's top flight you can stream our round the clock premier league channel to make sure you never miss a beat we will be back a week on saturday so from robbie earl from tim howard and myself rebecca Lowe. thank you so much for joining us today can't wait to see you in a little under two weeks time bye for now